Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to Super Spreading Bitcoin 2022. This week in Bitcoin. Today is December the 3rd. 2021. I am on my tour across America. I'm in freaking Huntington, West Virginia of all places. Strong hand. Buy and hold. Like this shirt says. Long term thinking. Be a unique beast. Fitting in is overrated. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about that today. And of course, I am offended by selling one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. Don't FOMO on alts. Is Ross FOMOing on alts? We'll talk about that. All right. Hello, my elite friends. How are all you today? All right. Good. How are you? What's up, man? Remember, you got this week in Bitcoin, super spreading Bitcoin. We got 2022. We're going to talk about being in Miami last year, this year. If you want to be in Miami on April 6th to 9th of this year, use the affiliate code ADAM10. It's linked to below. Who knows if all of us will be there. Some of us will be there. I know two of us were there last year and uh, three of us that are here were there last. Corey wasn't there. And we will talk about that. But uh, again, everybody, pound that freaking like button out there. Spread the word on Twitter. Get it out there because uh, YouTube doesn't remind anybody, but you know, when I go live, but we cannot depend on YouTube. Do not depend on third parties. Do not depend on third party energy sources when I'm uh, mining your Bitcoin either. Oh, we'll talk about stuff like that. So let's start off with the news of the week. Just something that popped up at the beginning of the week. Oh my Lord. What happened to Bob Burnett? Why did he drop off? Okay. I don't know what happened, but, uh, we'll start out with Alex and, uh, and freaking uh, Jack, Jack Dorsey, putting Jack Dorsey on a pedestal. Many people in crypto Twitter were, I guess, happy that Jack Dorsey is gone for being the CEO of Twitter because they think uh, he's the one who, uh, you know, comes up with all these weird draconian rules that are always changing. Um, and then some people believe, well, how could it be Jack that does all these horrible things on Twitter? He's such a Bitcoin fan. Well, now he's putting where his money where his mouth is, maybe. And he is just going full Bitcoin, Jack Dorsey is. He is not going to be the CEO of Twitter anymore. Maybe he just doesn't like that Twitter has <laughs> become so arbitrary in, in uh, you know, who it bans and whatnot. So we start we start this conversation with Alex because huh, his, uh, his Twitter feed was uh, banned uh, and it's never come back. And he's again, he's linked to below with his new Twitter feed and all these guys are linked to below. And I advise you, you follow all of them. So, Alex, is it a big deal that uh, that he's Jack Dorsey is going full Bitcoin? Do you believe a word that this man says? Will it make a difference for Bitcoin? Will it be bad for Bitcoin? Look, Jack, Jack is, um, to me, uh-oh, have I, have I lost you guys? No, you're there, baby. You're beautiful. Oh, Svetsky, Svetsky, you, please, why don't you hear us? You were, you were great. You were about to say something awesome. And there he goes. So instead of Svetsky, Corey will have to start off. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised that he left because I think it was kind hey of guys, a long time. Can you coming. hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 You're good. Corey's in the middle. You'll follow Corey. So Corey, keep going. Oh yeah. I'll just Whoa. quickly say I, I'm not surprised that he left. Um, you know, I, I think it's grown to something that he doesn't really like. Um, and you know, the censorship, all that kind of stuff. So I think he's really 
you know, you know, focused on something that's decentralized, not controlled by, you know, a single entity. That's what I'm hoping. Um, but also at the same time, you know, I mean, he said it, you know, at, at Bitcoin 2021, you know, that if he was not at Twitter, he would be focusing full time on Bitcoin and, and helping Bitcoin succeed. So I think there's good things there, but I don't think it's the be all end all because Bitcoin doesn't need anybody. I mean, we all know that. So, you know, if, if, if he's going to help, then great. Um, you know, make some of the hurdles a little smaller. That'd be great. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, you know, the biggest news. I, I mean, I think it, it's a big news in a headline sense, but it's not, you know, it's not going to change much. Don't put anyone on a pedestal. That is another saying around here. Pound that light button. Corey, you, were you there at Bitcoin 2021? Did I make a mistake? No. So I wasn't, I was planning on going and then, um, like right beforehand, um, I had a family health issue. So it was like, you know what? It's better to just stay home. So I actually canceled everything. So everything's good on that front now. But, you know, it was a, a hectic uh, time for me. So, but uh, I will be there next year, barring any more emergencies. Oh, may there be no more family emergencies. May there only be more Bitcoin emergencies to get rid of all those weak hands that think every time the price goes down is a freaking emergency. It's not. Get used to it. All right. Now, Alex. I think I'm back. Here. Alex, you might need to get rid of your picture. Maybe that'll uh, maybe that'll make the thing better. Oh, yeah. But you were about to, yeah. Yeah, you were, um, you were about to rip into Jack Dorsey. So what were you No, say? no, no, no. I was actually about to support Jack Dorsey. I think um, – Jack's Ooh. probably MVP in all of Bitcoin. Um, I, I don't think there's a more important person in Bitcoin than Jack. Um, he's the he was the only Bitcoin advocate in Twitter, um, and I, I say this as a person whose account was banned, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Um, I've I've spent some time um, alone with Jack um, discussing, you know, his position on Bitcoin, his position at Twitter. Like he was the only thing standing in the way of Twitter becoming a complete. Um, shitcoin fest slash uh social justice warrior sludge fest um and all of that like and, and literally you see the day that he leaves um and, and I, I would argue that you know and he hasn't told me this personally but I, I would argue that the the reason he left is that the 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 corporate pressure from the the silicon valley soyness that that um that company has become um, was pushing to, you know, do more censorship. Like, I mean, literally, the, the day after he leaves, what do they do? They hire a um, a content health minister, okay? Like, um, and and whatever else. So it's like, you know, they, they they enable Ethereum tipping and all that sort of stuff. So so in my mind, Jack was, um, at least what I do know is he was one of a very few number of people in Bitcoin, uh, sorry, in Twitter, that was Bitcoin only. Um, a lot of the organization was against him. Um, and he was, you know, the counterforce to that. Um, so, you know, I, I, I love Twitter as a platform. I think it's one of the best um, product creations uh, for the internet since like ever. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize the backstory around how Dorsey was forced out of the company in the early days uh, because he didn't want to take it public because he knew that if he took it public, it would basically get owned and run by the advertisers and Wall Street. Um, and that's effectively what happened. Then they brought him back in because the company sucked. Um, so he came back in. He fixed Twitter. He made it fantastic again. Um, and, you know, now, unfortunately, it's a, it's a, the end of an era. So, so for me, it's like a it's bittersweet. Like it's sweet because, you know, he's moving on to more Bitcoin stuff. And I think that is extraordinarily important. Um, 
you know, particularly the stuff that he's going to do with Square and with Spiral and everything like that. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, but it's bitter because, you know, Twitter was genuinely, as much as I don't like social media, I, I found for me in particular Twitter to be a very useful platform. Uh, like, you know, notwithstanding the, the censorship and stuff like that, which again is not run by Twitter, the, the censorship and everything is dictated by the advertisers. That That's what people don't really understand. Um, the, the advertisers demand a safe space, um, you know, safe space in air, air quotes. Um, and to, what ends up happening is that when they demand that, they're the ones who put the money uh, in. And then when you have a board that is primarily run by, um, you know, Wall Street bankers, um, they they then help define and set the terms. So there's very little that uh, a CEO can do to, to combat that in a public company. Um, you know, had it been a entirely private company, I don't think Twitter would have turned into an abomination. So, anyway, that's um, that's my thing. Wow, you you didn't let emotion get in the way there. You were banned from Twitter, but you thought it all out. You know why? What's going on? And you actually talked to the man in question. So, guys, you got some freaking insider information right there. Pound that like button. But uh, what did, specifically Square rebrands to block? As uh, its focus shifts to blockchain, uh, what do you think about uh, Square? Uh, uh, it, it wasn't. No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't blockchain. The, the focus. If you look at the wording, it was the focus is specifically on Bitcoin. Um, yes. And they, yeah, they, they just. I guess. I mean, it's hard these days in a world where basically every name and every trademark's taken. So, I mean, the fact that they got Block Inc. is is sick. Like, I, I think that's such a great name. And like, I mean, literally changing the name of Square to Block. Like, holy crap. Like that is that is a big move, and that that's a massive signal towards you know what they're going to do, and like changing the name from Square Crypto to like you know Spiral, and double doubling down on the fact that no, we've removed the word crypto from our vocabulary because we're going to be focusing on Bitcoin. Like, man, I I can't think of a more solid based, um, you know hardcore bitcoin only move that a large-scale company like that can make it's it's next level shit man yeah and i mean i would say you know i just to add to that i you know i did i think that you know bitcoin doesn't need jack but it's great to have somebody like him out there that is you know now focusing full-time so you know people that are worried about twitter in the short term it might be harder to tweet it might be harder to do some things, you know, because uh, obviously they're going to get crazy with their content health moderation. But um, but yeah, all, all in all, it's, I think, bullish for Bitcoin. And and uh, I love, you know, just immediately, you know, Square turns the block and spiral. I, I'm a big fan of both. All right. And I, I did want to reiterate, I was just reading the mindless coin telegraph headline that says focus shifts to blockchain. Of course, Coin Telegraph is completely wrong. Uh, you know, it's, it's Jack Dorsey. It's going to be it, Jack Dorsey. It's going to be Bitcoin. And uh, hey, good, good. And uh, I, I want to clarify one thing that Alex said there. You said they're already over at Twitter. Back in Twitter land, they, they've already started with Ethereum payments. You said something. About yeah, 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 yeah. Ethereum payments got enabled the day after Jack left. <laughs> Ethiopian payments, I thought. Yeah, Ethiopian payments. That's right. So yeah, see, but see, there you go. That's the difference. Like you know, Jack literally trolled the ETH community with Ethiopia, and then the day after he leaves, all of a sudden you can add you know an Ethereum address to to, to as a way to get um, tipped. It's it's such a, I mean, if that's not evidence, I, I don't know what what else is. 
Yeah, very, very good point. That's why I wanted to clarify that the day after he leaves, they go Ethereum. It's it just says that he was holding back the uh, holding it all back when he was there. And uh, yeah, well, let's. I, I don't want Twitter to deteriorate, but I assume it uh, it will become more of social justice warrior. I I, I wouldn't. I don't want to get banned, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I worked oh, hard. We're, we're all we're all banned, man. I'm telling you, like in the next year. Uh, we're, we're not going to be on Twitter. Um, we will all get banned. You know, the, the health and the sanitation, you know, justice warriors that are, you know, proliferating on Twitter now, like particularly that new American French guy, whatever his name was, like he's literally his title is content health, um, a VP of content health. And like, we're all, we're all gone. We're finished. Like, you know, the, the thing is, you know, Francis said it best. He's like, we're, um, we're banned men walking. <laughs> And, oh, that is a good one. I like that. Uh, well, uh, is, is Parlor, you got to uh, step up your game, or somebody's got. Nah, right, they 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 all suck. I think I think we may move over to something like Zion, um, but I think t Telegram. Like, uh, do you know what? I think Telegram just needs to put a goddamn feed in their app. Like, if they get a feed, um, that'd be fantastic. Like, because at the moment it's just noise. So if they had a feed, it would be much more manageable. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna get dicey um and i i said this in a you know spaces when people were talking about it right when it happened it was like you know bitcoiners are the ones that have to stand up and and are, are going to be the ones that stand up and fix this um because i mean i'm not gonna i don't even show my company's name um but like i have a streaming platform and my whole story about how i'm not a shitcoiner is that i almost made a shitcoin by mm -hmm. like coming up with a token and going down that route and then realizing that wait a minute well, why would I make a token? The only reason would be to enrich myself. Um, so I realized that's wrong. And it's basically a decentralized computer network that can host videos so that things like YouTube banning and all that kind of stuff can't happen. And I had this big idea. I talked to, you know, some developers and they're like, oh my God, this can happen. So we're like ready to go. And I'm like, that's what needs to happen with Twitter that, you know, there will be a new thing. So it might be rough in the you know interim. Um, we might have to all transition and get banned and whatnot, but but they can't stop this decentralized revolution. It's it's over for them. They can make it hard on us. They can make it tough, but it's over. It will, you know. YouTube keep banning videos. Go ahead. Sorry if that's going to get you kicked off there, Adam. But you know, <laughs> they can try I, I and ban, but it's over. Before. I've been kicked off before. They've uh, I've had all sorts of fun things over here. But you can actually plug your your company and everything. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. That's why you're on the show. We want this insider information. Stay, stay tuned. Corey's gonna gonna share out this uh, hey. awesome info uh, with us. Hey Adam, soon. can I jump in on a, a little bit? Oh yeah. Well, that's I wanted to give you a proper introduction here, Bob. Uh, oh, that's I, okay. I, uh, I wanted because Bob is uh, he's a BTC boomer. He is proud of it, baby. He is loud and proud. He comes from the traditional corporate world. We don't have, and he's accomplished quite a bit in the traditional corporate world. If you look at his resume, uh, this is the resume you want to have at, 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 when you re reach this point in his life and everything. He's done what he's needed to do in life and done very well for himself. And lo and behold, he's in the cryptocurrency space. And we don't have a lot of guys that, that fit your profile here at, at whatsoever. Um, so it's, I, I, I treasure your knowledge here. I think you, you, uh, you know, I've been following you on Twitter for a while. We've been correspondents for a while. You bring a unique perspective. We we have a you know. There's a lot of people that are always like, okay, boomer, okay, this, whatever. There's nothing yeah. to learn from. But you have you've transitioned very nicely, and you are in motion. You know, doing the mining and whatnot. So we're going to talk about your article soon enough. But what what is your take uh, on this Jack Dorsey thing and uh, everything that's going on? Yeah, I, uh, I, I in, in a large part, I'm I'm going to echo what 
what um, Alex said and what Corey said. But I, I think have, having spent most of my career and as a C-suite executive in a Fortune 200 company, um, it's very difficult, I think, for the average person to understand what a CEO deals with. And you may think of a CEO as somebody who has carte blanche, but they don't. As Alex said, they have shareholders, they have board members, they have um, management staff, much of the management staff who wants their job. You can kind of almost see what was happening. You know, he, he was sitting there probably with most of his management staff directly opposed to what he was trying to do. And so um, I, 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 I sympathize with him in the position that he was probably in. And at some point, you just got to say, screw it, right? I'm done with this because he certainly doesn't need the money um, and he has a different purpose. And, you know, that purpose was square or block and Bitcoin and, and all of that. So I applaud, I applaud him for doing it. I am worried about, you know, us as a community having a platform um, that we can freely communicate on because the other ones aren't ready, whether that's Telegram or Zion or whatever, they're not they're not ready yet for, for us. Um, um, as far as like square to block, you know, I, I really like that too. One of the things I think those of us in this world think of block and we immediately think blockchain, of course. But what I also like about it is it's, it's kind of going from two dimensions to three dimensions, right? So a square is a two-dimensional object and a block is a three-dimensional object. So I, I really like that. Like they're they're adding you know depth um, to the name, and I thought that that was really cool. Um, I'm I'm excited. Like like Corey said, I think you know Jack is one of the most important advocates that we have um, in the in the community, um, and you know he's the guy. He you know like like a sailor or somebody like that. He's the guy that's going to end up on the, the CNNs and the Fox News and those sort of things. He has the the chops to to get that kind of media exposure, and and that has a lot of impact. And uh, uh, speaking of boomers, and by the way, thank you, Adam, for the the kind words on the introduction. I appreciate that. Um, but and and as Adam said, I I embrace the fact that I'm a boomer. I want people to know that I'm a boomer. And part of the reason for that is I don't want um, I don't want people to think that all boomers are stuck in a certain mindset and st stuck in a certain way of thinking. Uh, and, and um, you know, we can be part of this change and revolution too. And it's slowly happening. And, it, and, and there's a lot of money in the boomer community, as you probably guess. And if we can get some of that money flowing toward Bitcoin, that, that's a huge amount of momentum. Because with all due respect, you know, 18-year-olds and 25-year-olds have a hard time scraping together enough to get one full Bitcoin right now. It's kind of out of reach for most of them, right? But we can get the boomer community to just move a small percentage of their assets. A whole bunch of them can be whole coiners really quickly and then start a generational wealth transition. That's the way I look at it. So anyway, I'm kind of off the beaten path there, uh, Adam, but, but 
No, you know, I, I, I appreciate your perspective and putting it all out there. And we want this boomer money. You know, it's for anyone. It, anyone can get into this space. And the boomer money is just as green as the 25-year-old money. And it's much more plentiful than the 18-year-old money. Uh, d- definitely. So uh, excellent points. You, uh, Zion has been brought up twice now. I, I, you know, broke that story very early on when uh, they came up with it. The, the long red hair guy, uh, long red hair. What's his name? He's in Sears. Austin. JP yeah, 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 yeah. It costs money, though. I mean, yeah, the, the, it, and, yeah. And people, people don't like to spend uh, in, in, well, in social media, period. We, we haven't transitioned, and will we ever transition, to uh, pay for social media. Most, most people complain about what they're getting for free. Um, and that, that's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, but it, it does cost money if you want, uh, if you, if you want it to be awesome, I guess that's what, or at least that's what Zion is telling us. So I mean, I, I wish them luck down in Austin and JP Sears and, and, and he's a hilarious guy, my, my Lord. So, uh, we, we will see how that evolves. We will see how Twitter devolves and we will see Jack Dorsey, uh, a, a, as you said, Bob on CNN, on, on Fox, he will be a, a, a guy uh, sp- spreading the good word about Bitcoin, and I, I think uh, it is is a good representative if all stays cool with him. And again, I never put my faith in anyone too much. He could he could go crazy one day, also like Roger Ver. I mean, you, you never you never know. You don't put anybody on you don't put anybody on a pedestal. Okay, now before we, we're talking about one big name there. Well, first of all, I want to thank a crypto miner, Kevin, for the ten Canadian dollars. Oh, dude, we only need like uh, 60, 60 more bucks to to get a the, the one Bitcoin show. Remember, the one Bitcoin show, we got to raise $100 to do one of those every week. And we're, we're, we're almost there. We got 60 to go. Uh, but this this week in Bitcoin, Super Spreading Bitcoin 2022, this show, we do this every Friday. Thanks to our friends at Bitcoin Magazine. And we, they are really friends with all of us here because two of the guys publish articles. Uh, and we'll talk about their articles in Bitcoin Magazine soon, soon enough. But we're talking about big names in the space. Ross Ross Albrook is, is a big name in the space. Um, but he's in prison right now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he – I'm going to read you one thing about he's he's selling NFTs, uh, his his art to raise money. And, you know, he is this going to alienate him from his supporters in, in the Bitcoin community? Is this a step toward NFT legitimacy in the, in the Bitcoin community? Uh, the quote that I wanted to read that I cannot find uh, basically said uh he, he was not familiar with NFTs before this. And uh, so he, he def, since he's in prison, he didn't know, you know, the, the, the controversies that surrounded. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the Bitcoin community that are not big fans of NFTs, to, to say the least. But he wants to raise some money. So, uh, you know, I, we, I don't know how much this dude really knows about NFTs. How much can you really know about NFTs when you're rotten in a prison? So uh, I guess I'll start with uh, Corey here. What, what, what's your take on uh, the him, uh, Ross Ulbrich uh, going at, at selling, and, and it looks like they've raised a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Ross Ulbrich art NFTs on Ethereum. That's that's what this is. That's what it's come down to. Yeah. So what the first you- thought I had was, you know, exactly what you said. How much could he really know about what NFTs are? Um, because, you know, I'm under the impression that he probably isn't in a normal jail cell. Um, you know, what I mean, like he's not catching the news. He's not catching a whole lot of stuff. I, that's the impression that I'm under of what he's probably living through. Um, so, you know, I, I'm to me, I'm not 
given him I, I don't think it should alienate him from anything because i mean you know first of all how much does he know about it second of all you know the dude is serving his you know time um and and uh and he did he did uh you know what he needed to do for bitcoin and, and served his you know served his uh country i guess not country but you know served his bitcoin well and is uh paying the price for it um so to me you know i just one of those things people get so loud about stuff like that and i'm like you know what like you just let it be what it is um and and just step back and and see if he says more about it um you know but also you, you have to get in other people's state of minds where what are they thinking at the moment and i can't even imagine how bonkers i'd be going you know what i mean like i would have probably invented like soap on a rope coin by this time if i was in prison so like you know it <laughs> it, it it you know i i'm not i'm not riled up by it um you know but i, I could be wrong because i'm so new to this space so you know I, i'm only a couple years in all right alex your, your thoughts on ross in this situation yeah look i think um you know ross was the original mvp for bitcoin you know had it not been for what he did with uh, silk road I, I don't think any of us would be here today um that you know that's the i, I think the most other than satoshi you know obviously rolling it out and then disappearing um, i think the next most important path dependent event was bitcoin's bitcoin proving to be an uncensorable payment network initially um with the killer app being silk road like that 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 was the most important thing to happen um early days and i think you know for, for that ross is a fucking hero um i like you said that you know when you when you're sort of stuck in a place like that um you know it, it can do damaging things to a person so like you know he, he's not exposed to the sharpness of bitcoin twitter he's not exposed you know he, he it's probably hard for him like he's not going to be able to read our bitcoin magazine articles you know where we talk about the remnant and all of that sort of stuff you know he's not gonna you know maybe there's a difficulty of him being able to get uh books on you know the the fiat standard or you know the the bitcoin standard and you know gg's 21 lessons etc that you know we're, we're all using to sharpen ourselves um and you know in in you gotta almost think like imagine walking into uh, a time capsule of you know bitcoin sort of in its original incarnation and emergence as a payment network and then stepping out of that time capsule 10 years later um you know you you, you miss the whole scam run of uh, of the of the shit coins and the ICOs, like you know, you, you kind of come into this thing and you might think, oh yeah, there, there might be something here with respect to attaching digital signatures to um, to to a piece of art. And if you layer that with the fact that he's got goddamn expenses to pay, like serious expenses, um, it's uh you know, th there's a there's a there's a compelling thing there. I mean. <sighs> If you're facing multiple life sentences in prison, um, doing an NFT like is such a small fry reason for people to 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 go all funny on the guy. Like, I mean, I, I remember a little while ago he he said I think he said something about you know shit coins and rolling a coin or something like that, and you know, and even I was kind of like, oh yeah, man, what the hell are you talking about, you know? But the 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 more I mature. Um, as an individual, the more the more space I have for for someone like him in particular, who's literally 
had his life stolen by the state for doing something completely nonviolent um, and for building what amounts to a useful website that took violence off the streets. Like, you got to be kidding me. So, yeah. yeah you, your time was. capsule uh, analogy there, it's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, so you took uh, some words out of my mouth there. Having been incarcerated since 2013, Ulbrich hasn't fully participated in the NFT explosion taking over crypto. So, again, part of him is stuck in 2013, people. Like, he doesn't – like, he, he, he doesn't – catch up on the news at all, you know, when you're, you're in freaking jail. So you, you got to put that perspective there. Part of his Bitcoin mind is in 2013 still. Imagine that. That is a, a very interesting uh, time capsule. The Silk Road uh, creator wrote uh, that when someone suggested selling his art as NFTs, which are digital tokens of ownership, he had no idea what they were talking about. But with the help of others, he learned and began uh, developing that. Okay, so Bob, what's your take on Ross? I, I give him a long leash because, uh, in part for the reasons that were already mentioned, and then the other thing is just sheer desperation. If I was sitting in that cell, we talk about alienating him. He's already alienated. He, he is in full isolation. Um, so he's, he's already got that issue. Um, if, if, if I was in that position and, and it was selling kidneys or, or, you know, God knows what I would do if it meant I had a chance to raise the money, to raise visibility, to maybe get out someday. I'd do anything. Most people would probably, if they were honest with themselves, would do the same thing that, um, you know, it's easy for us to sit on the outside and have these high moral standards. Um, and, mm. and I think, I think we all, view the ethos of Bitcoin and and promote it and try to live it and breathe it. But but man, it's a whole different thing when you're when you're there. Because I, I think I think survival <laughs> probably probably takes precedence over the ethos of Bitcoin. Yeah, good, good, good point there. I mean, when you're desperate, you're desperate. Thank God he doesn't have to try to sell a freaking kidney that we live in a digital world where he can do this without yeah. – or a family member would have to sell a kidney or something. You, 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 you guys get, get the point there. So uh, I, I haven't been on crypto Twitter that much or Bitcoin Twitter this much uh, this week. So I don't know if anybody was attacking him or anything like that. Um, again, words are just words anyway. You, you, you got to do what you, what you got to do. All right, so let's let's move on to. Uh, but thank you everybody for for your awesome uh, uh, takes on this. Uh, we'll we'll go to Alex with his article about the, the remnant. Now this this article came out a while ago. Many of you guys out there know that I'm of the uh, opinion that you know there's some people. I talk about eighty percenters and the twenty percenters of the world. That the twenty percenters are the ones that make that actually do stuff and are the ones that are mostly don't drool over the TV and think for themselves and uh, better their lives and are proactive about learning. And I have, you know, I, I don't reach out to the 80 percenters. I don't do people say all the time, Adam, if you had better graphics, if you had better this, if you had better that I'm not this. This isn't a freaking fashion show. OK, I'm not here to please the 80 percenters. I'm here to talk about what I freaking believe in, all right? And I understand that only a small segment of the population, be it 20%, 1%, whatever, is going to catch on. And 
I'm cool with that, okay? Now, there are a lot of people in the Bitcoin space that want the masses to catch it, to get into Bitcoin. And they're willing to change Bitcoin. They're willing to waste hours, days of their time, you know, talk, you know, write articles about getting more women into Bitcoin. All this, you know, and this, you know, this, this, yeah. all this social justice type of stuff, combining everything, going out of their way to make Bitcoin something that it really isn't. You know, I mean, Bitcoin doesn't discriminate. Anyone can get into it. Um, you know, talking about bigger blocks. Oh, if, if we only had bigger blocks, more people would get in. Let's. Let's do this. You know, we need mass adoption right now. So Bitcoin has to change this way. And, you know, Alex's article is just it's basically like, screw it. Bitcoin is, is what it is. It's for the remnant. It's for the people, the true, the true believers. The other people will catch on eventually. It's, it's the remnants throughout the history of mankind that uh, have carried on a civilization that, you know, they didn't, they didn't budge from what they believed in. And uh, they they were able to rebuild everything and, and, and did not compromise as as you know this life fell, fell apart for, uh, for for the for the masses. So I mean I I don't know if that's a, a, a proper explanation here, but like one thing that Alex points out that he's not a big fan of is trying to make it accessible for everyone. So many people say that's what they're about when it comes from, to Bitcoin, trying to make it accessible for everyone. I'm not. You know, I, I I think I agree with Alex on that. No. It's, it's, not, it's not accessible. It's not – we shouldn't go out, out of its way to supposedly make it accessible to everyone because it is already accessible to everyone. If you, it's been around for you know over a decade now. You should be able to figure, figure it out. Uh, but, Alex, take it away. Tell us about The Remnant, where you got the name. Uh, it, the article is linked to below. It's in Bitcoin Magazine. I really enjoyed it because I've been talking about 20 percenters and 80 percenters uh, for, for quite some time, and he, he really takes it up to another level. So take it away, Alex. Thank you, Matt. Um, yeah, look, I think uh, it was literally written for for people like you. Um, and, you know, some people accuse me of like, oh, you know, you're echo chambering and this and that. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I, I actually uh, I, I'm a I'm a exclusionary principle maximalist. Um, in other words, like I like that if I don't like someone, I just just get away for me I, I don't need to like you i don't need to hang around with you and like this whole idea of we're all in this together kumbaya you know we, we we see where that's taken us in the last two and a half years right um you know we're 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 not in anything together like just the may the lemmings just get away from me like i just don't want to have anything to do with them so so for me i i honestly think there is um there is an argument and there is a a place for for the the idea of the just like a natural elite People who are who are naturally good at their craft, who have a really naturally, I, I don't know if I should call it like a royal or a pristine or a or, or a strength of character, that is um that is exceptional. It it, it is the the twenty percent of the people you meet, and and I think that archetype, that kind of person, is the kind of archetype that is attracted to something like Bitcoin, that is attracted to individual sovereignty, that is attracted to personal responsibility. And for me, my the, the whole premise of the article, and it was inspired by uh, an essay called Isaiah's Job, written by Albert Nock in um, in the 30s, which which inspired everyone from Rand to, um, to Rothbard and all that sort of stuff. And the, the, the premise of it is, I guess, in the... There's a there's a part where God talks to Isaiah and he says, "Do not dilute your message to appeal to the masses. Um, keep the signal pure, 
to attract the remnant because they are the ones who make the difference. Um, so by all means, go out and speak from the top of the mountain, um, but know that 80% of, you know, I think that what they're using there, 99 will walk by and, and not listen, um, but one will. And the one who does listen is the one that matters. And, and for me, that's like the thing about signal is that, you know, if we try and, uh, you know, Vitalik Buterin is actually a good example, and Ethereum is a manifestation of the idea of uh, um, appealing to the masses. It's let's, you know, he tried to change Bitcoin um, around what he believed would, you know, deliver mass adoption, you know, what, what people generally wanted. Oh, you know, we want to do colored coin, we want to do a Turing complete computer and all this sort of stuff. But he broke against the um, the reality that was Bitcoin, which is, hey, idiot, you can't change it. So what he did was he went and built a platform for the masses. Um, and the masses just don't understand, man. Like for, for the masses, they'll, they'll gladly walk into a gulag uh, smiling um, or they'll walk into the promised land smiling. They won't know the difference. They won't know how they got there. They won't know what happened in the background to get us there. They won't know, you know, that, that they didn't have any input in that. Like, so, so it's either we as the remnant, like the 20% the, the, the who make the difference, like we go and set the stage, set the pace and build a new standard that is unlike what the other standard is, or we cater to the dumbest denomination of the planet. So, so the herd, the sheep, the morons, and we build something that they're familiar with, which looks exactly like what they're familiar with today. And... We just rebuild the gulags. Like that's what crypto is. Cri crypto has literally missed the memo that Bitcoin is a money that is not run or issued by anyone. So what do these crypto monkeys do? They copy the technical architecture of Bitcoin and then they issue their own money. <laughs> it's like they literally did what Bitcoin stands against. Um, so it's 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 complete madness. And but you you look at the lemmings, you look at the sheep, um, and you know if we ask them what they want, that's what they want. So so by default. I now err on the side of, I don't care what you want, um, we're building Bitcoin, and you'll get to Bitcoin not because you chose to, but because you had to, because of starvation. And if that's the case, then so be it. That's what you deserve. Now, I, I want to read you a quip from your article that I really liked a lot. For Bitcoin or any other grand invention for that matter to succeed, it needs selective adoption. It needs to be built for the game changers, for the revolutionaries, for the 1%, for the trendsetters, for the leaders, and for the remnant. Oh, I, I thought that was great. I, Thank I, you. I that Thank was, you. That, that, that was beautiful there. So uh, uh, I, I literally just before this talk, I just released Remnant Part 2. So it's called The Remnant, The, the, remnant, the Parasite, and the Masses. So it's the second, it's a follow-up to that article. Well, it sounds like a random piece there, and you were talking the parasite. Where, where, where was this published? I had no idea. You're, you're, you're springing this on me. This is great. Big, this, Bitcoin magazine just, just, the second just one released is it the, this morning. Uh, all right, this, this is uh, that's a must read. Also, that isn't linked to yet below everyone, but his original article is. I got to find the second one. We all, we all got to find this, uh, this, this second one. And I actually, you know, um, I did, I did my homework, and you said it was based on that, uh, that, that. Uh, that piece from the 1930s and mm -hmm. I actually got an audio version of it and, and I listened to it and that, that was awesome. That was also good. It, it, it definitely inspired you. No, no, no doubt about that. You, uh, that, that it was, it was good that you were, you, you put it into a modern, uh, a, a, a modern view for, for, for all of us. So people should, should, should check out that, 
uh, also. So, uh, thank you. Bob, what, what did you think of, of the article? Well, first, Alex, and I, I, I want to compliment you on it. Phenomenal piece, and I, I can't wait to read the second one because thank you, outstanding work. Thank you. Will. Um, my, uh, most of you are just getting to know me here today, um, but my background is as a technologist. Um, Adam mentioned a little about my background, but I worked for a company called Gateway uh, for several years, personal computer company, uh, and I was the chief technology officer there for for most of my tenure in product development. And so I faced, when I was reading the article, obviously I thought about Bitcoin and what you were trying to apply to Bitcoin, but I also thought about my personal history. And if, if you look at the, the early days of the personal computer industry and how it evolved and, and, uh, and then parallel that with Bitcoin, there's a lot of similarity. And it's part of the mm -hmm. attraction that I have to Bitcoin is the, this kind of in the, the latter half of my life to kind of reconnect to something that has that energy and and uh, connect to the community that's uh, I didn't have a name for it before the remnants but to, to reconnect to a group of remnants is phenomenal and really and is. and when I was uh, tell you just a little story in 1986 that's how old I am in 1986 I got out of college in 86 and I went to work for a company called Zenith which was the largest American TV brand at the time, but they were also a personal computer company. Um, and just by chance, I got assigned to what, what I would argue would be uh, the design team for the first true laptop computer ever created. And um, that kind of sent me off on my career. And, and we were very successful for a year or two. And, and as I moved up and I became more of a uh, a lead on some of the product designs. I often found myself battling with the people in marketing and the market research guys, because what would happen is we get ready to design a new a new generation of computers, and and the engineers, the, the technologists, we would come and we'd say, well, we can do X, Y, and Z, which might be make it super thin, make the screen brighter, make it lighter, make it faster, and the answer always back from the market research people was, well, can't you just make the old one cheaper? And, mm -hmm. and, and, and the, the reason was these were market research people who were used to seeing if people liked this brand of peanut butter or that brand of peanut butter. And, and when you start asking people to think about how a technology will impact them. What will they pay for? How will they use it? They, they can't do it. So there's a, there's a leap of faith that has to take place. And I think, I think it, it has to come from, the, the idea has to come from the remnants and the support has to come from the remnants for that to happen. And obviously, as you can see with laptop computers and personal computers and all the things that it led to, um, everybody eventually got in. And you know, there's that, that quote, I don't know if it was a sailor quote or whatever, but you know, every, everybody gets buys Bitcoin at the price they deserve. If you've ever heard that one, it, it, it's kind of like the same thing. Like everybody gets, got a computer, everybody got on the internet, everybody will get Bitcoin at the time they deserve it. Right. And, and if you get in late, you're way behind, right? You've, 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 you've lost. And, um, the, 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 the remnants, um, you know, this goes back, uh, probably as long as, as humans have been walking the earth, there have been remnants, right? And, and 
and the people that lead the, 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 the changes in society all have come from the remnants. They always will. And I think we're, we're at a point where in Bitcoin, it's, it's become apparent, especially to those of us that are, that are deep in it, that, that this is it. And, and I think we're just on the outside looking in to the mass. This is me personally, but I think we're just at the outside looking in. It reminds me of the personal computer industry about 1991, 1992. It has exactly the same feel. Wow, I, I, I do. Your, your, your perspective is, is much appreciated. Bringing it back to 1986 and tying the remnant into that, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm just going to add. I couldn't agree more, Bob. It's like you know, any, anything revolutionary, and that's why I kind of tried to make out in the article. It's like you know, going all the way back to the, I mean, the, the Henry Ford quote, which you know some people think is you know cliche, but it's like if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. It's like most of these people don't know what the fuck they want, you right? So, so like yep. we, we need to go and build it fundamentally new and transformative. That, that's the, like the, the, the literal definition of something new is something that hasn't come before, which means the majority of people aren't going to be able to envision it or understand it. And Bitcoin is an example of something that is unlike anything that came before it. Um, you know, it's a zero to one moment. And that that's that, that that is just so fundamentally important and i think these principles are what kind of again fly right over the head of the masses they just don't get it you know they they don't they don't wake up to anything until they have to not because they want to and and that that separation there i think is key and we are by no means ready with bitcoin as a as a mass adoption technology and it and it doesn't matter like if if we're trying to put the cart before the horse we're going to we're going to make idiots out of ourselves and at the worst case we might even you know erode the the very message of what bitcoin is and and, and so, so i guess th there's an argument that it's like you know can we really affect bitcoin and probably not but what we can do is we can make idiots of it we can make roger vers of ourselves basically and what we end up doing is we end up clowning ourselves but at the same time is we push away people who might have come into bitcoin earlier like I, I originally saw Bitcoin around 2012 and I dismissed it because I was too busy with gold and silver. And I'm sure along the way, because I didn't get back into Bitcoin until 2016, and somewhere between 2012 and 2016, I, I vividly remember watching some Bitcoin documentary and Roger Ver crying. And I was like, who, who is this idiot? You know, like, and I honestly was turned off of, by Bitcoin around then. I was like, what's wrong with these people? So, so like, I, like, that's the kind of stuff we don't want to do because then we just turn away the people who, um, who could be you know, the, the part of the, the 300 that you want by your side, right? Um, and that's who we want to attract. So that's why signal is so important and, you know, maintaining the integrity of the message of what Bitcoin is, you know, irrespective of who it, you know, whose feelings it hurts. Corey, your, your take, in the, get, get, get into this, uh, your take on the article and uh, what's been said. Oh, well, first of all, so, um, so I'm moving to like our Citadel um and we're very excited about that and uh when we went to look at the house there's a book like a library of sorts and one of the books on it was the remnant um should have taken a picture of it uh but i was like whoa that's a sign because i think i maybe had just read the the article anyways but um you know i think it's cool with the red you know when you realize the remnants that like you've always been one and you start to recognize the others in your life um you know, and you look back, uh, 
you know, like if you're waiting for mass adoption, uh, if you've got to be a mover and shaker, you got to get things going, you know, that's what the Re American revolution was. You know what I mean? They, they didn't have mass adoption of like, Hey, let's do this, you know, constitution and declaration of independence. They were like, you know, no, there was like 57 of them that signed it. And, <laughs> and that's all it took was to get it started. Um, and then if you even look back in biblical times, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, going to the Old Testament, but if you talk about like with Jesus, you know, you think about this preacher on the street corner, you know, people think like, wow, that guy's an idiot. He's just standing there talking and because everybody's walking past him. But, you know, it speaks to that one person and it catches that one person's attention. And, um, and, you know, that's kind of like in the, in the Bible, that's what Jesus did, you know, Jesus talking to the, you know, just talking and all of a sudden these disciples come and, you know, they hear the message and they, they, you know, change the world. So I think that that happens and so many things and i agree with alex you know it's like you know screw mass adoption somebody had asked me at one point like you know do you think bitcoin what's your biggest fear of bitcoin you know and they were waiting for it to be like oh it's gonna fail china's gonna take over and i was like my biggest fear is that it won't become like a bitcoinized world in my lifetime and it's not that i'm afraid it's not gonna happen eventually it's just i would like to see it you know um, I would like to be there for whenever we're in a hyper Bitcoinized world and and it is adopted for the masses. But, you know, I mean, people are just um, so, for lack of a better word, stupid. <laughs> and um, and just they're going to, you know, they're just sheep and they're just going to follow along. So, I mean, anyone that's listening to this right now, you're not one of those people. You know, what I mean, you're you're tuning in, you're paying attention. Um, and I think what's happening now just with the mass printing of money and everything that's going on is that there's a lot of people that had their head in the sand. And I think, you know, what I, the vibe that I get, you know, when I read the article was, you know, there's more and more people picking their head up out of the sand now. And the more crazy things get, there's more people unplugging themselves from the matrix and going, something's wrong. Something's off. You know, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to start digging. And, um, and you know, 80% of the people will basically, they won't pull the, you know, they won't pull themselves out of the matrix. They'll get pulled out of the matrix by necessity. And, um, you know, when this, when the Titanic was sinking, um, you know, how many smart people got on the lifeboats and how many idiots sat there and said, oh, it'll be fine. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as making it accessible for everyone, it's like, what did we need? ADA ramps to get onto the lifeboat? Like, no, if you're going to get on the lifeboat, you're going to get on climbing up out of the water to get into the lifeboat. You're going to find a way. Um, so, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in, you know, making it, uh, you know, a, a available for everybody. And yeah, it's just, uh, and also one thing I wanted to say too about the one quote that I highlighted was working in the impenetrable darkness. Um, I love that quote, Alex, because um, I think a lot of Bitcoiners probably, we all feel this, um, you know, because I started my podcast as a hobby and it keeps going and it's fun and I enjoy it. But like, you know, you're, you just sit there and you're like, I don't know if anybody likes this. I mean, evidently you can see statistics, people listen to it. You're like, wow, that's great. But, um, you know, even with, uh, with my company, I'll say the name now movies plus the streaming platform, like I could have opened it up to the shit queen casino had tons of VC money and it would all poured in and it would all been great. But instead we're on a Bitcoin standard and it's a little bit more quiet, you know what I mean? And like, we're just quietly working. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, sometimes it feels like, especially when you get out of the Bitcoin Twitter world, when you get out of your podcast world and you go into normie land, it's like a little dark out there, you know, cause you're just like walking through like family get togethers, like, 
you know, oh, wow, you know, I mean, my friends are like, you know, what do you think the world's going to, you know, implode? The financial system's going to implode on itself. And you're just like, do I break the news to them now or do I just sit there and let them go, you know, go along? And and it's yeah, it's just uh, it's it's dark. You're, you feel you feel uh, isolated at times. I'm sure we all feel that way. Well, co collectivism is the default that most people default into. They don't think for themselves. Individualism is the accomplishment. And there's few people that are brave enough to be a unique beast individual in this day and age. It, it, it seems like fewer and fewer are, 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 are you know, quote unquote, brave. I mean, I get, it, it does take some bravery. For me, it's just normal. I love being a unique beast. I love sticking uh, to, to what I believe in and not joining all these mobs of what the latest uh, what the latest trend is. If you keep following the herd, um, you're, you're going to fall off the freaking cliffs, dude. Um, and you have any more on ramps? Do, do we need to, to big? I mean, do we need a, a thousand? I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, they're there already. Get, get on board, people. I like your Titanic uh, comparison there. All right. And any more thoughts on the remnant? Anyone else uh, have anything to say before we? Uh, and I linked to his uh, to Alex's new article is linked to below now also so everybody uh, check that out and I guess we'll have well, Alex will be back on uh, soon enough to talk about the second article. Um, I would say if you want to talk Star Wars, if anybody's a Star Wars fan, you know everybody thought the Jedi were weird and losers, um, and then whenever uh, you know shit hit the fan, who did they all look to? <laughs> they all looked to the Jedi. So <laughs> excellent point. Uh, Sorry, I swore. <laughs> anyone else? Uh, all right. Let's. Well, uh, I'll let, say one I, other thing. It's it's yes. clear. It's clear. I um, I had made a note actually when Alex was talking because I he talked about uh, strength of character and you know individual sovereignty and I think that um, people of high intelligence don't necessarily have those characteristics and and they they I think confuse themselves. And think of themselves as remnants because of their intelligence. But I, you know, give me an average person, uh, average intelligence and high confidence and individual strength, and I'll I'll go to war with them over the other group all day long. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, to to you, you touch on something really poignant there, which is something I discussed literally in my in the in the latest article, in tr trying to sort of analyze the psyche, and and in there I say that. You know the the multidimensionality of of people and the world is such that everyone's kind of good at something, but I don't think that the remnant idea is something that can be boiled down to like a craft or an ability. I think it's more a character, um, and and that what we are saying there is like something about character. It's like yeah, you could be academically smart, but you can be, uh, you know. A, a moron in terms of your character like and and i think that that is that is probably the the differentiator and and i think i don't know how much of character is nurture and how much of it is nature um but but it's obviously a blend of both um and, and i mean anyway that, that that's another huge rabbit hole but yeah I, I just wanted to echo that point that you just mentioned there rob i think it's very important i i i agree with you guys uh, character uh over intelligence a lot. Uh, I mean, there are plenty of geniuses out there that uh, unfortunately are <laughs> uh, their followers. They, they really are. And, and they don't think for themselves. They don't use that incredible tool in their freaking in, in their mind. I, I have been I've been shocked, actually, <laughs> at times. Very, very disappointed because I, I can really I can identify high intelligent people pretty, uh, uh, pretty fast. And 
it's like, whoa, what, this guy is not all he could be at all. Uh, he stands for nothing. And so, so what, what's the point of having that thing up in, in up in your head? Uh, so, so, uh, but they can change. Anyone can change. But it, again, well, it, we do get down to the nature versus uh, nurture uh, uh, comment. Uh, uh, nature versus nurture in uh, in character. I I, I think it's. Uh, Definitely a combination of both. Both you, you can nurture it. You you can uh, you can uh, boost your character. I, I believe. I believe at least. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to rule anyone out saying, oh, they're nat They naturally can't. Uh, they can't be a one percent. They can't be a twenty percent. They can't be part of the remnant. I I think everyone's got it deep down inside them. So, somehow it can be nurtured. I mean, I I don't like to see. I don't like to think of things uh, being predetermined in life at all. Uh, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a free will maximalist. Pound that like one free. I just made that up. All right, uh, all right. A anyone else on this? Uh, this we're, we're getting deeper into the topic here, but uh, we'll have to move on. Any, anyone else uh, with the remnant? Any remnant of the remnant? Okay, but because I know Corey, you got to. I don't. You're gonna have to suddenly go. Uh, I, I do want you to just tell everybody about your podcast, what you're up to, and and and, and about your business. Don't worry, we're going to get everyone is looking forward to hearing about Bob and, and the mining, and his article, which is linked below, which you all have to read. We will get to that, but Corey is going to have to drop off suddenly, and I just don't want it to be like we miss his, his final thoughts. So take it away, Corey. Oh yeah. Um. So apologies for that, but it'll just be a call that'll be happening, and um, you know, I'll get a text and say, and it happens. Then that's how it is. Um. But yeah. So my company, Movies Plus, um, we're a streaming platform that's focused on free speech. Um, and basically started with, uh, it was something that I had been planning on. And then in the lead up to the 2020 election, I had this pro Trump documentary come to me and say, my, I'm afraid that this is going to get, um, you know, banned off of all the other platforms, which at, that's what my core business was, was selling movies to Netflix and Amazon and everybody else. Um, and I said, well, yeah, it's definitely going to get banned. And so I had, um, had, said bring it here and i guarantee it won't come down um so yeah so we're free speech focused um you know and and that's really what our goal is and then whenever you see things like youtube taking down videos like i mean the pomp video got taken down um because uh you know it because plan b's uh plan b was on it i don't even remember why it actually happened or what he said um but the decentralized nat uh, nature of social media and video sharing and video hosting needs to be something that exists. Um, so the whole thing that I wanted to make that was basically a shitcoin, um, I had realized it needed to be something that our company could start, but it needed to be decentralized. It needed to be out of my hands in an open source network that everybody could uh, could work on. And so uh, I actually interviewed so with my podcast, Bitcoin Made Simple. I started that to just literally interview people and deepen my knowledge and kind of learn in public, um, you know, and help newbies as they come in, like kind of follow somebody else that's learning. Um, and I interviewed Ben Ark, if you're familiar with him, with LN Bits, um, you know, free and open source software. Um, and we were going to talk about it afterwards, my idea, but it kind of came up during our podcast. And so I started explaining to him of like how everybody could basically, if they have a node at their house and they have terabytes of hard drive space, you know, they could host videos there and then stream the videos and be the decentralized server farm for videos across the globe. Um, so that, you know, like, cause you saw with Parler, whenever Twitter blocked um, Trump, 
And then Parler, you know, they said, oh, we're going to take you out of the app stores. So all of a sudden you're out of the app stores and they said, well, you know, we're Apple's a free business. You know, they're they're a company. They can do whatever they want. And then all of a sudden Amazon Web Services stopped hosting their website. And, you know, so it's just you have to get decentralized. And, um, yeah, if you can uh, if you can no longer have a single point of failure with a streaming platform, then you're you're not going to come into the problems because, say, if YouTube wanted to go full free speech and something gets up there that people don't like, they could attack their server farms. They could attack the people that provide them the hard drives. They could all those things they could go after. But if you have a decentralized server farm around the world, and so that was my big idea, and I'm thinking this would be great, but I didn't know, I'm not a technical person. I don't know how capable, like if that's possible. And um, as we're talking about it, Ben's like, yeah, like this is totally doable. And he just started going through and he's like, as soon as I get done with El Salvador, let's start talking and, and, and build this. And it could be over the lightning network and assign hash functions and signatures and all that kind of stuff. And you can provide because we'll then pay people for their server use. So like every uh, certain amount of data that you uh, provide, we will then, you know, compensate you for it. And it's something that we're paying for anyways with server farms. Um, so it's just it's something that I'm really, you know, that's like my big focus. And that's why I said, like, you know, I could have gone and gotten a ton more VC money and just be making a bunch of movies, which is really what I want to do. Like I'm a movie maker. I want to make movies. I have a long list of movies and TV shows that are ready to be produced. Um, but I, this is a little bit more important to get this started right and get this put in the right, um, get the, get the foundation set for it. Cause it's going to be a few years before we're properly decentralized. You know, it's going to take some time. Um, so in the meantime, we're slowly getting content up there, but yeah, that's, that's what we do. We, um, you know, people can sign up for a free trial. You don't have to pay for anything. Um, we're getting Bitcoin documentaries up there, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to try and ho start hosting live web, uh, web, you know, videos and all that kind of stuff. So things like your show could be up there, um, podcasts, everything. So it's all a work in progress. Um, we've got, you know, a couple, I think like a thousand movies available right now. And if you love Christmas movies, if your wife loves watching cheesy lifetime movies, we've got a couple dozen of those up there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the long and short. I mean, we're a streaming platform, but it's, we're really focused on um, how we can incorporate Bitcoin into the world. And I got my investors to do it all in Bitcoin. So when we got our first investors on, it was 100% in Bitcoin, and we haven't cashed it out. We're, we're, we're operating on a Bitcoin standard. Oh, it's good you haven't cashed that thing out. That's uh, You're doing well then. There so is no cashing out. There is there is no selling. It goes the other way. The profits go back into Bitcoin. So Offended by selling. Pound that like button. Corey is linked to below. So if you got questions for him, DM him. And just you're, you're saying that I... You do the podcast too, don't you? Do the yeah, Bitcoin well, made simple. Yeah. yeah, and you had Luke, my counterpart, uh, Luke yes. Mikic, uh, a fellow Aussie of uh, Svetsky. I, I think you might have uh, talked to him too as well. Yes, uh, I have spoken to Luke. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know you guys were doing that together. That's fantastic. Luke's a legend. Oh, he's great young kid. He is brilliant, um, and he's gonna say I'm being too kind, but he's he is. Uh, we we do a weekly show, and I just it's mm -hmm. his like sharpness and my smooth brain. And he's explaining to me, um, you know, how everything is going. But yeah, he's a, he's he's brilliant, and I cannot recommend follow Luke Mikic. Um, but yeah, Bitcoin made simple. If you find us, uh, Luke does a weekly interview. I do a weekly interview, and then we do a weekly chat together, where we just kind of talk about, you know, what's going on. 
well, Luke was, again, as you've referenced, he was on the show like two weeks ago. Uh, and yeah, he's inspirational. He's really young and he's doing so much. It just shows you how much it, the, the, there's so much opportunity in this space. So he, he jumped on it. You jumped on it. Uh, and I know you're not going away, but Corey might disappear soon. But uh, so thank you for being on, Corey, if you do disappear, but stay on if you don't disappear. And so I, I do want to say about for I want to hear as much as I can about Bob's because um my business partner actually called me yesterday and said, Hey, what do you think about starting a Bitcoin mining operation? <laughs> I was like, like, I was like, man, you have no idea. I just read an article about this. Okay. <laughs> so that, that's a good, that's a good segue. Because now it is Bob's turn to talk about his very recent article in Bitcoin magazine that is, is linked to below that I read that I found very inspirational talking about wild horses, uh, comparing a, uh, animals and, and wildness to the, the bitcoin mining sector and he does a very good job uh, of doing it that uh, bob is involved in uh basically mining uh with, with, with stra stranded energy sources uh that's a lot of what you do there but the the article uh what really what really hit me um really stuck out to me is that you know a, lo a lot of uh mining operations are relying on uh energy that is generated by <laughs> corporate sources or, or, or sources that perhaps could be turned off and and in in that that energy that's 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 generated that's that's fueling all of the bitcoin mining on this planet or in this country whatever i mean like 99% maybe maybe 90% is coming from some sources and then it would be great for the space if more uh mining operations got on to the wild sources uh and uh those would be like uh, stranded energy ones that they they totally control so i might have butchered some of that but i i was i didn't know it was so overwhelming uh and, and then bob and, and then the article also goes on into the, you know this the size of the operation that if an operation is too large it is, is a, a big target for the government and if the government you know took it out that would be very bad so it, it would be great if there were more medium and small ones. And I already knew that, but I, I really, and he'll, he'll, he'll talk about this more, but uh, I, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued by the, the unfortunate fact that uh, most of the energy is not coming from stranded energy, not coming from uh, sources that, that can be controlled easy, easily. So Bob, take it away, summarize your article. Tell us all about the, the, the sector and what you're doing. Sure. Sure. Thanks, Adam. So, uh, just a little background. So um, what I've been involved with for the last uh, almost five years now is is the mining sector. Um, and and I'm a small to medium sized guy trying to get bigger. But but uh, and we've got three main sites today, one in Nebraska, one in South Dakota and one in South Carolina, working on one in Montana, um, been down to El Salvador, looking at some stuff there uh, and as well as a couple other places in the U.S. So I'm sure we'll do two or three more in 2022. When the China mining ban hit um, last spring, uh, it really got me thinking, because I think that the community itself looked at the ban and gave itself a big pat on the back for the resilience of the network. And, and, and I think rightly so, you know, the, the, the network withheld that attack and i do kind of view it as an attack take kind of take a warfare perspective on it um it was an attack from a nation state on the network um the network withstood the attack we had some longer block processing times but for the most part 
that was a very temporary thing, and, and now the hash rate has even returned. But I thought about, if, 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 if I did take a, take a look at it, if I was China, just as an example, I was China, and I said, well, okay, that didn't work. You know, what, but, you know, how might it work? And I started to think through that a little more. And I think as the threat of Bitcoin gets stronger to the existing financial infrastructure, the existing monetary infrastructure, there are going to be more thought from, especially the nation state level, about what can we do about this? Um, we've all seen Christine Lagarde and, and Janet Yellen and those sort of folks, and they're clearly not advocates. We also have, by the way, not, it's not just nation states, too. We have, um, since, since we don't want to swear here, Adam, we have, we have the altcoin community, which likes to jump on sometimes in support of them, saying, well, we can provide the same thing, faster transactions, and we won't, we won't consume all this energy. Um, and then there's the environmental causes, right? So you have, I, I view it, there's the altcoins, the environmental causes, and the, um, the existing financial infrastructure. I call that the unholy trinity, by the way. And, and I, think they will, I think they will coalesce in a more united form at some point. Um, I could even see some, uh, not just turning power off, like you talked about, Adam, and kind of in the intro here, I could see actual attacks. So if we, if we project the direction of the mining industry right now, it's toward what I, what I call in the article elephant size facilities, captive elephant size. Captive means that a third party controls the power. And I call those the power masters. Okay? They control the power. Um, and the sites are huge. I'm not saying they're all bad, by the way. Like Riot has this 400, 400 megawatt facility in Texas that's coming up right now. But imagine a state where let's say there's only 100 of those. Most of them are in the, in the US and a few other Western countries. And that was the whole network. If that was the whole network, it's now very finite and attackable. And it, 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 through a combination of legislation and potentially, you know, drop a few bombs in the right spot and just blow them up. I mean, it, it and so that worries me. Um, um, or, you know, they could be taken over. They could be nationalized, and now they could be used against the network. So you put too much in one place. So that got me thinking. My direction for my company, as Adam said, uh, which is called Barefoot Mining, already was uh, what I what I used to call boutique size off grid mining, meaning we're trying to do these one megawatt, three megawatt, five megawatt, ten megawatt, even half a megawatt, fine size operations. And the long term vision would be to have for my company dozens or even hundreds of those scattered all over the world. Geographic diversity, energy source diversity, um, and it would make my company essentially immune to that. So now I just extended that thought process in this article to the whole network. And, and, and if you look at what's happened, what I call the elephants, which are, 
I'm not being critical of these companies, by the way. They have the right to do what they want to do, and, and they should do it. The marathons, riots, uh, Foundry, et cetera, those sort of companies, they should go for it. But, but what's happening right now is they're getting all the ASICs. And so the small and medium-sized infrastructure in the community just can't develop and keep pace with the scale that they're expanding at. I, I use in the article I talk about they're eating all the food and they're causing a famine for the horses, which which I which I call the medium-sized operations, and the rabbits, which are the small home kind of kind of minor people. And and what we really need is a development of the wild infrastructure, which are the off-grid mining resources. And I believe especially horses. I think they're the most powerful part of this. If we get hundreds or thousands of horse-sized operations scattered around the world, then Bitcoin truly is um, impenetrable. So, um, you know, I'm, 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 I wrote the article from the basis that I think we as a community need to have this awareness and, and you know, spread out these ASICs across energy sources, across geographies, um, uh, and across sizes. Because it's not, uh, for instance, if there were if there were five thousand wild horse sites scattered around the world, I, there's no nation state that could take that down. There's no group of terrorists that could take them out. Um, it just it, it's just not practical. So um, the elephants can go do what the elephants want to do, but we really need as I say in the article, these wild horses to come in and provide that base layer network power to keep us all safe. Now, I wanna, I wanna read a quote. Wild hash rate makes up well less than 10% of the global total, and it could easily be as low as 1%. This means that at least 90% or more is captive and reliant on a power master, a dangerous spot to be in. So in your stranded uh, energy uh, exploration, I mean, do you see it growing more? I mean, it, it's, it's just so funny. The energy haters out there, they're going to vilify everything. They're going to vilify, you know, you, you finding this stranded energy and actually using it for something. that They don't get it. But do you see more and more people getting on the stranded energy tr chain, uh, train? Because I think it's a very positive thing, uh, clearly. And it's and and how do we determine what the percentage is? I mean, you that's a pretty big uh, either one percent or ten percent. That's that's a big difference there. So I, I I'd love to know if you have any theories on how it can be determined. Yeah, I, I can only it's a true swag, frankly. So I, I wanna I wanna say that up front. But here's what we know: we know that essentially all of the elephant infrastructure is captive. Yes. So. And we also know that almost all the rabbit infrastructure is captive. Like, so the home miners, right? The home miners are plugging into the grid and the elephants are all plugging into the grid. That's why I say wild horses are so important because they're the ones that have, they're big enough to sustain the development of a stranded energy source, say a three megawatt facility. It's big enough to justify the capital to go create and process that new energy source um uh because that's what makes it hard I, I i as i mentioned i came from a background of computer design so as i've gone off into this world um i've had to create some alliances with 
uh, people from the energy sector. For instance, my latest one was in hydroelectric. I don't know anything about hydroelectric. Um, that's a whole different field of engineering. And I've learned as much as I could over the last year or so doing this project. But um, uh, the hydroelectric people knew nothing about Bitcoin, by the way, that, that I did bring on the team. And, you know, I knew nothing about hydroelectric. So it requires some initiative. It requires some extra capital. It requires some extra time. But I will say, if you do it right, if you own the energy source, by the way, here's the other cool thing. And whether that's a, a hydroelectric dam, a natural gas well, uh, a geothermal source, if you own that source, you know what your energy cost is? Zero. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of capital to get it started, and there is maintenance cost, but you're, you don't pay a bill to anybody. So in a lot of ways, it's a pipe dream of a mining company, right? You, you have, you, you've taken the biggest portion of your operating cost and made it zero. So if you have the capital to, to make the upfront development, it's a massive advantage. And that's, yeah, yeah, no, keep going. Sorry. No, that's it. That's it. Uh, stranded freaking energy to the moon. That's what I'm saying, baby. Now, Corey, uh, your take. Bob, I, so first of all, I live in Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, and yep. obviously we are, we are, at one point we're called the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. Um, yes. It is everywhere. So we, we bought our, our, we're buying in the process of buying our new Citadel, like I said, plenty of land, getting out away from the city, all that good stuff. Um, and the natural gas and mineral rights transfer to us. And mm -hmm. so I was like, uh, immediately I was like, all right, here we go. And my wife, you know, said, let's start with one S9, you know, just get the one, the cheaper <laughs> one, get it going. You yeah. can do it in the basement, figure it out. Um, but then, yeah, yesterday, um, my business partner um, with the streaming platform, actually, one of the investors, he just calls me up and goes, I was just talking to somebody who's making like a thousand bucks a month on his machine uh, that, you know, mining. And he's got like a bunch of them. And he's like, I got FOMO. Let's do this. And I was like, what? What? And he was like, just saying to me, he's like, yeah, like, you know, let's let's figure it out. Can you run the cost for me? Figure out what it costs to start. And um and then I said, well, actually, I could probably host it on my new property and we might have the rights to the like we have the rights transferring to us. We just have to clear and make sure that like in the 1800s, somebody didn't sign the light yeah. rights over, you know, um, and we can then drill down and get the natural gas on our property and yeah. mine Bitcoin off of it. Um, yep. And but even at the even to start, we could just do it with the electricity. You know, we could just um, set up a hut somewhere you know away from the house so it's not something that like we have to like an eyesore that we have to see or anything like that and um and yeah just mine bitcoin you know basically like in a shed um so bob i would have to ask you because it, it would be we want to get i agree with you we need those we need more of the wild horses and that's kind of what i want to do with the server farm where if people if they're wild horse bitcoin miners then they could participate in the server farm um by you know just attaching space uh, attaching hard drive space to their their farm and and we need those wild horses though that there is no central point of failure um so i do i think that that's very important and that just that article just spoke so much to me specifically for what i'm dealing with currently um 
you know, but I, I think so on the grand scale of what we need to happen with Bitcoin mining, I think it is important. You know, there were people that were pushing mining stocks over the summer and I was like, like if you're putting any money into mining, my thought was it should be going into your own mining. You know, it should be the S9 running in your basement. It should be what's uh, upstream just came out with that black box that has an S9 yeah, in it. You did a great job on that. You know, um, so it's like it, it really needs to be more decentralized, not buying stocks of companies that are mining on this like massive scale. So um, I fully support that. And I think that we should work towards that. I have my question, if you don't, I don't know if I could ask business questions on this, but like how much the capital is it required to like, say like spin up like 15 S19s as far as, you know, the hardware itself. And then, um, and then, you know, like, what do you need around it? Like a hash hut of some kind, you just build a shed and ventilate it or. Um, well, there's the mining side and then there's the energy production side. And, you know, I'd have to talk, I'd talk to you offline about the yeah, energy yeah, production yeah. stuff in your particular situation, but you know, you're, you're going to spend uh, 11 or $12,000 per miner right now uh, for a S19J right in that range. Um, buying them on the spot market, mm -hmm. which I would recommend because you, you could also go get in line and put a bunch of money down for something that'll show up in September or October of next year. That's your other choice. <laughs> so I think you're better off. Just my general advice to the public here is if, if you want to get involved and I, and I do agree with getting involved um, because one, you're supporting the network Two, you are generating Bitcoin. If you invest in the mining stocks, I'm not telling you not to do that. I have nothing against those companies, but that's a fiat play. You know, it, 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 it ties to dollars, but it's a fiat play. You're not getting Bitcoin from that. Yep. You're, you're, you're getting some dollar based. This is how you get KYC free Bitcoin. If you choose to take it that way. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. If, if but, you choose to do it that way. Yep. Yeah. You're creating. Well, it is, it is KYC Bitcoin. Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah. Um, whether you report it or not, I guess it's up to you. And, and how you do that. I mean, the more you make it a business and the more visible you are, the more I would say you probably want to do it the right way. But but anyway, that'll give you that. And, you know, um, there's several good um, products out there in the, the small size um, uh, huts. You know, they might be twenty five to sixty thousand dollars for for that piece. And then you got to add the electrical generation to that. Mm -hmm. so. Well, so your recommendation, Bob, would be to have everybody running at least one miner in their house. Yeah, I mean, if that happens, I think that's what I, put, I mentioned that in the article. I think that's kind of what Satoshi kind of thought would happen. And and I, I, he, he clearly didn't envision what we have today. And, I, and, I, and I, I opened the article saying I think he would be disturbed by it. I think he would be afraid because he would have he would have seen the potential failure point in the system. And I do think if, if everybody was a miner, even at a small scale, it would be phenomenal. Um, you mentioned the black box product um, from uh, upstream. I think that's wonderful. You know, little one or two unit um, chassis that sit outside the house. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think that's so important. Uh, 
I'm looking forward to more people going to these states that no one thinks about, like South Dakota, South Carolina, Montana. What what, what was the other one you got it in, uh, Bob? I got Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska. Finding this stranded energy. You never know where you're going to find it, apparently, and how you can make it it work. I'm looking forward to hearing about more, more horses out there. And I'm glad I had you on when I had you on because we'll look back and see that you're one of the pioneers in this. Just like I had Steve uh, Barber back on my show in 20 freaking 18 when he was uh, new to, uh, you know, turning uh, the the excess gas, uh, the vented gas into in, in in Bitcoin. And he's become a superstar. I, I saw it then as a, as a big thing. So you, you guys get insider early information here, uh, future stars of the space. So. Bob, you will of course return to the show, and hopefully some other people get you on 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 their show. Bob, you got to come on my show now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'll be happy to. Thank you. You, you wrote sure. this awesome article again. It's linked to below. Follow him on Twitter. But people should be reaching out to you now. Um, I I, th- I thought it was a great article, and it did open my mind to to the 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 importance of not relying on these third party energy sources and uh, just. Going out there as an explorer and being creative and finding some that you personally own, which is freaking, you're absolutely right. The cost becomes zero when you freaking own the energy sources and don't let it be intimidating people. You, you, I'm sure there is all sorts of, uh, who knows what type of regulation is involved, but uh, you, you can own an energy source in, in, in this day and age. I don't know, set up a freaking windmill somewhere. I, I, I don't I, Hey, I, I'm not I'm not an expert on these things. Uh, that's why I got Bob on the show. So uh, so talk to him. Uh, before we move on from uh, the horses and the article, uh, any thoughts? I gotta leave. I gotta leave, guys. I gotta run. Thank you so much. All right, all right. So we got you, we're down to the to, to Bob here. We I don't know what happened to Alex. I don't know what happened to Alex. All right, Bob. So let's talk about uh, Miami. And uh, yeah. as I've, I've I've told everyone, uh, we we've been in correspondence for for quite some time. And uh, there I am. At the Miami freaking Bitcoin conference, and uh, there you are. You, you you approached me with your lovely wife. Your famous lovely wife was there, who was looking great, yeah. and um, it was a pleasure to meet you both. So, what did you think of Bitcoin twenty twenty one? Ah, I mean, overall, I-, I was extremely happy about the collection of people. So. Um, I, I met people like you that I'd been wanting to connect to for so long, uh, and and that was wonderful. I thought the content was pretty good. I thought the organization of the show lacked, um, and you know, but I, I give them a pass to a certain degree because I, I think it just I, I don't think they foresaw how popular an event like that would be, um, and doing it the bravery to do it in the midst of covid i applaud them for that um and you know i will tell you i've i i will be at um 2022 um i've already agreed to be a sponsor they're going to have a mining area there i've agreed to sponsor something there um uh at the event i've got a number of members on my team that will be there um because because i i view it as um almost a mecca kind of event you know that that yeah we have to be there we have to as a group be there and that it should it should be something like a a massive massive um 
Barry, if you're not going, there better be one hell of a reason for you not to go, I would say, if you're serious about Bitcoin. A mecca of an event. That means April 6th through 9th, you guys are going to take your secular Hodge to, to Miami. It's the Hodge to Miami. I will be there. And if you want to buy tickets, dudes, it's linked to below. Use the Adam 10 discount code. You'll be able to hang out with Bob and his wife. Will your wife be there again this time? Lola, that- Lola will be there. Yep. Lola, you'll be able to sing the song Lola uh, by the Kinks. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, she's pure freaking woman, unlike that song, which would be a political. Yeah, you, couldn't <laughs> yeah. make that. you couldn't write that song anymore. It would be canceled. It's a great song. Oh, I know. I oh, know. My, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Um, but 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 going back to to uh, to 2022, yeah, 2021, they had like over 10,000 people there, and the first day, definitely, they weren't ready for freaking 10,000 people. But this year, this or 2022, they will be ready for 30,000 freaking people. Okay, so um, you, you you're gonna you're gonna be able to network. Uh, it's great that you're a sponsor, and the people you'll be able to meet Bob, and you'll be able to meet me, and you'll be able to meet everybody. And I don't know if Cor- Alex will probably be there again. Alex is probably speaking again. I think. I think he is. Uh, he he spoke uh, uh, this past year. I don't know. Uh, so v- very good. So remember, let's super spread this event, Bitcoin 2022. It's going to be fun. It's linked to below. Bitcoin Magazine is a great sponsor of this show, and they. I mean, Bob writes for them. Freaking Alex uh, writes for them. They are a yep. great resource in the community. O- only growing and growing. And yeah, take a freaking Hodge to Miami, uh, April 6th to 9th, yeah. your secular freaking Hodge. So anything else you want to talk about, Bob, before we, we get out of here? Anything, uh, you, you know, well, about the company or anything else that you're involved in? Uh, well, first, uh, behind me, I, I use it as my wallpaper on uh, back here. That's actually from Bitcoin 2020, and that's Lola right there. And uh, those of you can watch on video, that's Lola. I don't know if you remember the Simpsons mural, uh, Adam. But uh, yeah, I yeah. do. Yeah. So that's from there. Um, I will tell you. So I'm, I'm wearing a, jer- a Bitcoin jersey today. So um, I was down in El Salvador in August. I've been I've had uh, several meetings with the El Salvadoran government about different mining related things. I went down there to visit them while we were down there. Um, uh, Lola uh, was meeting with apparel manufacturers. So um, this this jersey is um, the first product that she she did, which is a uh, a Bitcoin kind of soccer jersey style thing uh, made in El Salvador. So she's she's just starting to sell those. So um, and she's by the way um, her, her her Bitcoin Twitter is uh, Grandma Bitcoin One, uh, and she doesn't look like a grandma though, does she, Adam? No, I mean that's her gimmick. Is is she's a health nut? So yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's yeah. she's very fit. She's very fit. Yeah. But that's her gimmick. Calling herself a grand. She is a grandma, but she doesn't yeah. look like a grandma. That's and it's yeah. a good. It's a good gimmick to have. Um, yeah. And I'm glad she can do, do. I've told people many times: if you're not technically skilled, make some freaking shirts. And I mean, there's so much that's you can do. That's what she's doing. That's what she's doing. She loves Bitcoin. She believes in it. Um, and she's doing her part by trying to spread the word through through apparel. So if, if you're interested in that stuff, um, she wants to send you one, Adam. So I, I need to get you a mailing address for you because you, com- you get a complimentary one. And so uh, give me a mailing address and a size. And then uh, 
anybody else interested in buying one, go check out her Twitter Twitter account. You can see uh, see how to buy one there. Yeah, I got. I I'll link to her below once we're done here. Okay, uh, very very good. I'm glad she is in motion. Anyone can be in motion. Um, I will. Uh, I'll I'll get that. I'll get that shirt eventually. I don't know. Uh, I'm so on the move. Who knows? I might have to get it from you in uh, when I see you in, in Miami. Miami. I don't know if I'm going to be back in Baltimore before. I'm probably not going to be back. Who knows? All right, but uh, thank you for being on. You made a great debut today. Definitely. Uh, he, he's linked to below. Read the article, people. Oh, actually, since what the heck? I, I should ask you: Is El Salvador everything that is cracked up to be? Do you see the potential there? I mean, you, you were there. I mean, you you took the initiative to go down there. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it, yeah, um, I would say yes. You know, um, I was. I, I spent a lot of my. I, I've, I've traveled a lot of the world, like you have, and uh, a lot of it in second and third world countries and you can see when you go to second and third world countries the trajectory of a country though and that's really the important part it's not it's not necessarily just where they are at a given moment but which direction are they moving and it was clear from the moment that i arrived down there that it was moving the right way. You know, you like to say, you know, be in motion. The country was in motion. From the moment you got to the airport, you could see the construction, you could see the change. Um, I was very impressed by the infrastructure within the country. Um, the road system, the, the way traffic laws are obeyed. Um, I know that sounds simple, right? But you know, if you go to like my wife's Filipino, when we go to Manila, it's chaos. You know, she'll say, well, there, there are no rules, only suggestions. And, and, but you went there, oh no, there's really rules. Like people, people obeyed stop signs and they, they did normal things. And, um, there's poverty, but it's not terrible. I always felt safe there. We went, we went all over um, the country. It's a small country. We never felt unsafe. I'm sure maybe there were there there probably is somewhere where we would have been um, less safe, but 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 we never saw it. Uh, I'm I'm very impressed, and I'm also very impressed by the government folks. I met with a lot of people within the government, and they're not like any government folks I've ever met with in my life. Um, and and you know you know I'm a boomer. Um, there weren't many boomers in the administration. And I think in government, boomers are generally a bad thing. I mean, because they're bureaucrats, they're, they're lifers. And um, they didn't have many. The people that I met with, um, people from the U.S. Embassy, Department of Commerce, Department of Energy, places like that, they were young, they were aggressive, they had come from successful careers in other places, and they got it. And so I'm, I'm very excited. I think it's the real deal. Um, I think I listened to one of your shows from last week and this, this topic had come up and, you know, whether or not it becomes the Singapore of central South America or not, I don't know if it reaches that height, but it's going to, it's going to be significant. And the lead that it has over the surrounding countries is phenomenal. And the other thing is the amount of people in the country not just from the United States, but from Europe and from Asia that I met when I was there, who are who were doing the same thing I was doing, not necessarily in mining, but you know, 
trying to figure out a way to invest in the country and be part of it were massive, like massive. So there's something happening there. It's real. I think um, it's got a great chance. And, um, and you know, we have, we, we have a lot riding on it, I think, as a Bitcoin community. We didn't really ask for it, right? It's kind of, on, we, we kind of need it to succeed because if it doesn't succeed, it becomes the poster child for the IMF and the ECB and all these other places to say, look what happened, you know, look what happened. And, and so um, to the degree we can all at the individual level support them a little bit, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing. Uh, you were definitely paying attention last week when I asked Mauricio this question about it being the uh, Singapore uh, of Central America. I like your take on it that it's way ahead of everything else that's down there. And you gave, you gave some unique beast uh, perspective there that there are other people traveling down there trying to you know take advantage of the, the, the apparent uh, economic freedom that, that, that may be available to uh, outsider investors. And yes, those of us who have traveled around the world do like your description of, you know, how there are some law. I mean, you, when you're talking about a foreign country, it's good to just get it straight out. It, it, does it work normally? Does it function? Do people run through stops? Is it more than suggestions? That is that is very important. A lot of people are so used to living in the United States where everything is works. You, If, if you're talking about another country that's, uh, you know, you want to know if things work or, or people are sane if you're safe. So this, these are legitimate Legitimate things to talk about. And again, you, you talk about boomers that were in government beforehand. I got to say something about, about your boomer gimmick here. You were born at the very end of the boomer period. Very, very, I did True. the math at the beginning of the show when you, you gave a little yep. bit of proof. Last year. It's, yes. I'm the exactly. last year. You're, you're the last year. So, guys, <laughs> it, it, it is just it's, – it's a label. That's all it is. He is yep. – uh, because there's a big difference – between being born in 1946 and 1964, there, there's the, now there is at least now there is yeah. in terms of how, how healthy a person is. You know, when you've read when you've 1946 is pretty 75 years old now. <laughs> That's also a boomer. Yeah. So so yeah. Uh, just uh, yeah. but, but you're you're a young boomer, and it is just the label. People don't get carried away with it, but we we do appreciate what you do have that cannot be denied is that you, and you gave your your previous title where you worked out there out west very well respected outfit and what you've accomplished so it's really it, it is great to have your perspective here in the space so uh and, and thanks for uh, giving us your time today and writing that article and uh keep on keep them doing what you're doing in in freaking motion as i say well thank, all right thank dudes, you adam that that is the end of the show you got if you stuck around this long you got some unique beast insider information about el salvador and, and mining and everything I want to wish everybody a happy uh, sixth night of Hanukkah is tonight. I will be lighting the candles soon enough. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. I will be lighting the freaking Hanukkah candles in West Virginia. There are not many people that can say that tonight. I will, I will, I will tell you that. But um, there is some very interesting – I will be doing uh, videos, if all goes well, about my travels and things that I've experienced. And a lot of people want to paint uh, – you know, towns like this, Huntington, West Virginia, as as havens of hate and 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 and, uh, and white supremacism and everything. I got to tell you something. There is something I saw on the street that uh, you got to see it to believe it. When it when it comes in in terms of, of Judaism, I mean, I was I was shocked, and it was a very a very good thing. And I, I was very uh, very and I 
that's what you guys don't make stereotypes. Actually visit places before you try to, to generalize about them, whether it be El Salvador, whether it be uh, Huntington, West Virginia, because Huntington, West, West Virginia is a very friendly place. Uh, everything that I've experienced here. So pound that like button. Shabbat Shalom, everybody. We will be next. We will be back. Be back with this week in Bitcoin, super spreading Bitcoin next week. At, next week, hopefully, if you guys send sixty more freaking bucks, we'll do the one Bitcoin show, and I can do some Beyond Bitcoin and show you what's going on in West Virginia or where I am next week. In uh, I'll be in Kentucky. Where where will I be? Bowling Green, Kentucky next week. Okay, so I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, this real Meister. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, all three guests. Again, and everybody have a great weekend, whatever you're doing, whether you're, you're lighting the candles uh, for Hanukkah or whatever. So see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. All right. We are we're done there.